Christ Community Church is called by the God of all grace for the transforming of life in Middle Tennessee, spiritually, socially, and culturally. Through the power of the gospel, from Franklin to the nations of the world, all for the glory. For more information, visit ChristCommunity.org. Good morning, church. It is great to see all of you here this morning. And so I get to say to you, the peace of Christ be with you. It is great to be together, worshiping together on this Lord's Day. I'm Pastor Randy Lovelace. I serve here as pastor. I want to welcome you if you're visiting with us for the first time, or maybe your first time was last week on Easter Sunday. We're glad that you returned with us. Regardless whether you are a member or a visitor, we are grateful that you are here. Those who are joining us on the live stream, I think of Robert Coles. Many of you may not know who Robert Coles is. Robert Coles lives in my home state of North Carolina. Robert just wants to thank this congregation as we have prayed for him over these last few years as he has been. He regularly keeps us up to date and I know he's joining us on the live stream this morning and the Lord has answered those prayers. His cancer is in remission continues to pray for the care that he is receiving. And Robert, we are blessed by you. Thank you for letting us hear our risen, ascended Lord is working on your behalf. And so we gather together on this Sunday that we remember the ascension. Hear now the word of God drawn from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive by many proofs, appearing to them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while into the heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, Why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken from you into heaven, will come the same way you saw him go into heaven. Church of Jesus Christ, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And before I pray for us, I want you to remember the title of last week's sermon. If you don't remember, that's okay. 
It's called the Sunday of Sundays. Easter, my friends, is the one Sunday that shapes all of our Sundays. We are not done celebrating. We're just beginning. For the risen Christ has ascended to the Father and is seated. He has sent forth his spirit onto all flesh, fulfilling the promise from the prophets. And he has poured out that spirit on those who believe, who are seated right here, who are gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this ain't Pentecost Sunday. That's coming. This Sunday, we remember the ascension. You to hear, dear friends, why the ascension is so important. Let's pray to the Lord that his word would be written on our hearts and animate us in our worship and our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is at hand. Lord Jesus, son of God, fully God, fully man, king of kings, Lord of lords, lion of Judah, you have sent forth your spirit. Now by your spirit, as we look into the great mystery of your ascension, Lord, help us to know the confidence, the joy, and the peace that we can know because of it. Help us, we pray. Help the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. The Scripps National Spelling Bee ended in an eight-way tie. First time in its history. It had more participants than it ever had before, 565 total entrants. After 20 final rounds, they ran out. (laughs) And so they said, the dictionary has been beaten today. And so they awarded all eight contestants and finalists $50,000 to go towards their college education, and they clearly will be running the world in some way. Words was the word pendulock. I'll use it in a sentence. <laughs> For our 30th wedding anniversary, I plan on buying my dear wife Kate a gemstone cut lock design. Maybe, hope so. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Little one, small one, yeah, okay. Pendelock, spelled from two French words, spelled P-E-N-D-E-L-O-Q-E. It is a pear-shaped design, specifically for gemstones. Now, of course, all those people, all those eight contestants spelled it right. I never would have gotten it right. I would have said L-O-C-K. Yeah. And uh, they'd be like, you're out. Okay, so here's the point. If you misspell Q-U-E for O-C-K, good for you, but no word exists like that. Here is why the ascension matters. If we forget it, or some little dangling participle on some theologian's sentence, we miss all of the robust power of the gospel in Jesus Christ. We misspell the gospel and we don't have the full gospel. 
How have you reflected and thought about the ascension? As a pastor, it's the first time I've ever preached on it in 27 years. I wonder why that is. I think it's because I perhaps thought about it only as a dangling participle on the end of some theologian sentence. But the reality is it is vitally important for our lives together. And if you are considering Christianity, you need to know its central place. It is not just a mere event. It is central to the faith. So let's look together at what we learn from these verses. First and foremost, I want you to Secondly, Jesus reigns. Thirdly, Jesus intercedes. We need all three. First, Jesus gives. This passage clearly tells us that it was key for Jesus, for the disciples to understand that he had been talking about And he reminds them that he is sending his spirit in a few days, and that the Father is sending the spirit. By the way, you get to see in this series on the Trinity, all three are present in the passage, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit proceeds from the Father and from the Son. This is an important that the Trinity, all three persons of the Godhead are equal in power and glory. And the Spirit proceeds from the Father and from the Son. But Jesus here reminds the disciples, this has been the plan. But it's also been the plan even from the time of Israel and the Psalm writes at the beginning of Psalm 110, we hear the words, these words, my Lord, you say, the Lord, you say to my Lord, you will sit at my right hand. What is David as the king of Israel saying to the Lord about his Lord? How does that work? David, as the king of Israel, hears and understands from the Father that another Lord will be David's Lord. There will be a king above him and he will reign. This was pointing to the fulfillment of Jesus as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Also, Jesus reminding the disciples of what he said to them only a few moments earlier, if you will, at least in the gospel story. We hear this from the heart of the gospel of John. And we will dig into this over the next several weeks as we get into the life of the Spirit. But remember, here, Jesus testifies in the Gospel of John chapter 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Then again in John chapter 14. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Father gives the Spirit. Jesus promises the giving of the Spirit. And the Spirit comes. It's the paraclete. He counsels. He comforts. He cares. He teaches. But what does he teach? He's not an independent contractor coming in to finish the bathroom. He is the center heart of the Trinity sent forth by the Father and the Son to do whole design and to remind us by his powerful presence indwelling the life of the church and of the believer this is who Jesus said he is do you remember further Jesus would say something which the disciples didn't 
understand, but something that is mind-blowing if we consider it. He says this, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. What Jesus is saying, find it hard to believe disciples that I'm not gonna be present with you as I am now. And who wouldn't disagree with him? That seems a lot better. But when Jesus, the son of the living God, took on human flesh, a human nature, he now is embodied eternity. And he is not everywhere present in that body. He is seated at the right hand of God. What Jesus is telling them is I'm sending you one from the Father and from me who will be everywhere present. God is with everywhere. Jesus in his ascension promises his giving. How wonderful. We get to see the resurrection is just the beginning of what God is doing in Christ in setting up his kingdom. It is a kingdom without a king. Never be without his presence while we still wait for the fully presented revelation of Jesus, who this passage says is coming again. We still have not plan B or even plan C. We have God's central plan to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Gives and he gives as a part of his ascending promise. But he gives his spirit, not just to counsel and to comfort, but to be on mission. He tells them right here, he says, this is you and I, the spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's both and. He doesn't just give his spirit because we need the comfort, we need the guidance, we need the truth, we need to remember who Jesus is because we forget. The spirit actually empowers our mission to take the message and person and character of Jesus Christ to then be spirit-empowered hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of other people, people we yet now do. But that mission begins here. I know we like to say, pass the peace, but this is not, remember what I said when we brought this back? This isn't just a version of Southern hospitality in liturgical form. We can just get into the road of it. With you. Oh, peace Christ be with you and also with you. I, I get it. We can make it very religious. Not interested. When you actually greet or hug another person in this congregation and you look them in the eye, you smile, heads up, teeth out, give them a hand, and you say the peace, the shalom, the well-being, the flourishing of our Savior be with you, and they say, and also with you, dear friends, that is a divine missional moment empowered by the Spirit at work in you and through you, and it begins here out into the world, that message of the shalom, the peace of Christ be with you. And maybe that peace, maybe that shalom, maybe that flourishing comes by simply walking with people who are hurting, praying with people who need prayer, right?
reminding them that someone loves them and sees them and hears them, you and I become missional people, every member a missionary. I'm just one voice. You are now going into your week to have conversations, to be present with people that ever have the honor of meeting in relationships I will never be part of, but the Lord has you in them, what mission might he have for you by his spirit? He gives his spirit. He gives you his mission. And so, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was here this morning and until he comes, apparently he says it's better that he's not yet here. Why? Because none of us can say, if you are, if you are a professing Christian, none of us can say that Jesus isn't here because you are. If you are trusting, you have the presence of God in you and you become the presence of God in other people's lives. Do you know what a mission, what a gift he has given you? The temple, the body, the glory of Jesus, the Lord has made you into his temple and he sends you out. Man, I just get one small part of that. There are probably 800 people in this room. Now multiply that just one other person, then two, then three. Every moment holy, every moment an opportunity. Remember, he's given you the gift for the sake of his mission. Secondly, Jesus we need that because when we think about the mission, we recognize our own weaknesses, our sin, our short-sightedness, our attitudes. We need his authority. We need his. And what this means simply is this, that when Jesus says he is going to be with the Father, to sit as his right hand, that is biblical speak for the place of authority that the Father has given Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth. And this is what it means with regard to mission. One of the early church fathers, Polycarp, be a great name for a dog, Polycarp. <laughs> this is what he says. He says, therefore, prepare for action. Serve God in fear and truth, leaving behind the empty and meaningless talk and the error for the crowd and believing in the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead and gave him glory and a throne at his right hand. To him, all things in heaven and on earth were subjected to him, whom every breathing creature serves, who is coming as judge and living and the dead. This means, friends, that not one square inch of all the universe is outside the authority and reigning power of Jesus. That means with all of our weakness and inability 
we are reminded that we are clothed with an authority above us, around us, before us, behind us, below us, in us, that says, I am with you. No matter where you go, my spirit is with you. Is the promise of what Jesus does with his reigning authority. He shares it. He blesses us with it. Now that should cause us to be humbled and shudder, but also recognizing that this same Jesus on the cross for our sin, raised on the third day, now seated, embodied, enfleshed for all eternity, has given to us this mission, knowing our weakness, but knowing that all the universe is his. Ours, his, which gives me a degree of confidence because my trust is not in myself. It is in him. As one writer said, to be a follower of Jesus means to walk in the reign of Jesus Christ. Believers must lives, story, symbols, worship, preaching, finances, relationships, ambitions, and hopes around the most important confession of faith. Jesus is Lord. In Jesus reigning, it isn't just his authority. The news gets even better. In his authority and in his reigning, he does so with his human nature. This heaven and earth have been brought together through the perfect work of the Messiah King who took on human flesh, who knew human weakness, who was tempted in every way, healed, who moved towards those who were hurting. He raised the dead. He was found obedient in every way. He laid his glory down and took on a human to be given over to human ridicule, to receive the wrath that was due to sin to give himself over for sacrifice, to be laid in a human grave, to rise up from a human grave, to appear to his disciples, fleshed in human being, but glorious, and he made a meal on the beach with his disciples. He looked as one who was doubting, and he said, Thomas, touch here. And what was Thomas's response? He simply said, my Lord and my God. He then continued to appear to them. And what did he say when he appeared to them? My peace be with you. Do not be afraid. This human, glorified, father-given son, divine and human, is now seated with all authority in heaven and on earth. The true human, the best human, the human we need in our broken 
has gone before us. And we, by faith, are united to the greatest human. That shows us what the telos is. The telos is not brokenness. The telos is not pain and hurt and weakness. The telos is glory. And Jesus is sitting in glory. And when we see him again, according to the book of Revelation, we will see the Lamb of God as the one who he will bear the scars, but he reigns in glory. I don't know how you're doing as a human being or a human doing, but I need the right man on my side. Jesus as the human, divine rescuer and Messiah. The great Bishop Maximus Turin said this, the mystery of the Lord's ascension, dear brothers, has ordained today's festival. Let us rejoice that the only came to earth for the redemption of all, and let us be glad that he entered heaven for our immortality. For this is the truth of our saving faith, that we believe in his passion and not to deny his glory, nor indeed is the essence of the miracle such that he who came from turned to heaven, but that he brought to the Father the manhood, the humanhood, which he assumed from the earth. The earth rejoices when it sees its Redeemer reigning in the heavens. The heavens is glad to have received the earth it never No human being ever reigned with the Father until the ascension. That is our Jesus. That is the Lord. And it gives us purpose. It gives us comfort. It gives, it gives us joy and peace. But not only does Jesus give, not only does Jesus reign, he intercedes. And though he promises his spirit, and we will look at what that means, Jesus, as the risen God-man, reigning and giving, is also praying. He's praying for you. He's praying for us. He's praying for all who belong to him, because this is what the scriptures teach. Here's what just two passages I want you to write down. If you have a pen, whatever you need, don't be far from these words. First, Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. That verb includes a past, a present, and a future. Ongoing intercession. Do you need the prayer of your Savior? You have it. He is praying for you. Then in the book of Hebrews, we hear Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. 
he says this, consequently, he, Jesus, is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives, always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus doesn't just give. He doesn't just reign. This passage tells us he lives to intercede for you and me. This is also a gift of the Spirit. Just the Lord Jesus who intercedes, he gives us the promise of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eight, when we read these words, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself with groanings too deep for words. Thanks be to God, our risen Savior is praying. The Holy Spirit is praying. Even when we don't know what words to use. And so I want to tell you of the confidence and the joy and the peace that that is for you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. I wanna tell you of this confidence in just three quick ways. First, I wanna tell you about the mundane. Secondly, I wanna tell you something about the tragic. But thirdly, the healing. The mundane, the tragic, healing. This is my so what. What does it matter then? If Jesus gives, Jesus intercedes, Jesus reigns. If the ascension of Jesus is all that the scriptures say it is, if it is all that I say, have proclaimed from his word that it is, what difference for you and for me? Let's start with the mundane. A colleague, someone who I've met only briefly but have been impacted by her scholarly work, Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor over this last week, had to be on a plane again, though she didn't always, and it was a particularly difficult day. And in this middle of this mundane travel day, she got to the airport, went through security, was waiting to board, and before she boarded the plane, she says, I pray very specifically, <laughs> and this is what I pray. Lord, I need something to encourage me today. Please help me. She goes onto the plane. She gets into her seat. Seated, she's getting her things together. And she lowered the tray in front of her. And when she did, a folded note was inside that tray. And on that folded note, it said, this for you today. Did you put that image on the screen? I know it, you can't really see it well, but I'm gonna read to you the first words. At the bottom of this note, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So in the middle of this month, 
praying specifically, Lord, I need you today an encouragement. This is what this note says. Dear beloved, when was the last time you were told that you are immeasurably loved just the way you are? When was the last time you were reminded that you were in and purposefully made for beautiful purposes? When was the last time you, were, you really believed that you are seen, heard, fully known, totally understood, treasured, cared for, ever alone in what you may be facing presently? This letter was written as a tangible encouragement that what is seen around you and in your circumstances, those of the ones you care for, those in the world around you, don't have to uh, be the end of the story. Love himself desired to meet you exactly where you are and invite you to lay it all down and to leave it at his feet to be irrevocably to receive the peace amidst the world's ceaseless running. May you know his unfailing love. Two parts of this story. In the mundane, you have a victorious king who knows our weakness. Pray, pray specifically. But you may not receive an answer like this, but you might be writes a letter like this. Be open and know that the Lord Jesus works through his spirit to prompt you even with a simple word and letter of encouragement. And who knows what life it might change. Secondly, we need a reigning Lord who intercedes for us because we face tragedy. The theologian Alan Torrance wrote these words in 2008. January 2008, my wife, Jane, died of cancer. She was the most wonderful Christian woman, wife, and mother. Watching her die in pain as the cancer spread throughout her body was hard. And seeing our children witness her gradual disintegration, not only physically, but mentally, as the cancer spread through her body, extremely hard. There were times when, in my grief, I really struggled to find the, with, the wherewithal to pray, and indeed, to know how to pray and what to pray for. In sum... I did not know how to pray as I ought. In the depth of that valley, the priesthood of Christ became more relevant than I can begin to articulate. The fact that I was held, that I held Jane in my arms, the risen, ascended priest of our confession, was present by the Spirit, interceding on our behalf, meant that we could repose in his presence and know that communion that is the beginning and the end of everything. I love that. That he interceding on our behalf meant that we could repose in his presence and know that communion 
is the beginning and the telos of everything. We don't have to do. We can also just rest and sit. It is the beginning and the telos of everything our glorious Lord represents. To give you an example of just what kind of Redeemer and Savior who holds the world in his hands, who knows exactly what we need and when we need it, even when we don't ask for it, know this. Over these last few weeks, we have prayed. And one of the families that we prayed for on this stage was her family. Jane Spencer, who's on staff at Covenant School, their children who attend there, were on this stage and we prayed for them and for Covenant Church, for Covenant School, that the Lord would be present with them as an abiding, interceding, giving, reigning Lord. I haven't known fully what to pray. I imagine many of you haven't. But the Spirit has prayed, and even when we faltered in our prayers, you need to know that we still worship a God who has not. And He means to remind us that He is living and active. We do not worship a sleeping, underperforming, underwhelming Redeemer. We worship the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings. Because this past Thursday afternoon, at around 4.15, I received a text from David Spencer. It was the first time all the Covenant families and students had gotten together at school. Perhaps you could you please put that on the screen. As they left the school, I don't know if you remember Thursday, it was a beautiful day. But at that moment, those families saw a double rainbow. There's not one, there's two. And they saw that. And Dave texted to me, he said, our God is real. And he is a unquenchable fire. I needed this and I will never forget it for the rest of my life. The world might look at this and say, that's just, that's just light and mist and cloud. Yeah, it is. But let's imagine that our stories have been invited to the greatest story ever written and known. The God who said that this is a sign of his covenant promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you, for I am the Lord your God and you are my people. People of God, Christians, what are we asking the Lord for? Great things, for healing, for strength, for joy, and to hear our voices, to hear our cries, to hear everything that we have. Ladies and gentlemen, We don't worship the earth. We don't worship man. We don't worship governments. We don't worship courts. 
is the Lord. And when we come to worship, let's worship. Let's rejoice. Not because we have a triumphalism. Life is hard and it is tragic and it is oh so boringly mundane at times. But thanks be to God. Man has infused every moment and made it holy. And you belong to him. Let us cry out, whether it is in the mundane or in the tragic or for healing, for he hears our prayers. The ascended Lord proceeding for you this moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who reigns as God-man, victorious over sin and death and over the grave, who is resurrected even who has ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whom the Spirit proceeds, come, fall fresh on your people at Christ Community Church this day. For those hearts who need your, who need your healing, who need your grace, flood their souls. For those stories that they're afraid to tell, those subjects they're afraid to talk about, Lord Jesus, may they find rest and security in your rule. Those who do not know you, who are afraid to give themselves to you, who never thought in a million years that this morning would be the morning that they give themselves to you, Father, welcome them into your arms. Holy Spirit, we need a grand remarkable thanks be to God you are not done with us yet hear our prayers hear the cries of your people that your name would be glorified in our midst come Lord Jesus fall fresh on covenant Presbyterian church fall school fall fresh on your people that we might glorify your name It is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.